1: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy30.
2: You're listening to
1: BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.
3: Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, and- on a Monday, reacting still to the PGA Championship yesterday, the win by Justin Thomas, the bad beats on this show, uh, and we got some other great things to get into, including some NFL here. Brad Spielberger, pro football focus, joining us right now on the Roman guest on a talk NFL as we move past the uh, the draft portion, the end of free agency, and we kind of start looking at these teams and what they could be. Brad, before we get to NFL, I saw you were tweeting about the PGA yesterday. Um, what was your reaction? Because half this show is on Mito. The other half was on uh, Zalatour. So uh, other than Aaron, we all, uh, we all were losers yesterday. What would you think of the PGA yesterday afternoon?
0: Well, not to rub it in, I guess, but I had a JT plus 1,400 coming into the tournament, which I know wasn't the best value. I know it was better than that earlier in the week, but uh, I was shocked. I was even in contention coming down the wire. When Zalatour hit that putt on 18 to save his par, considering he couldn't putt basically the entire day, I thought we were going to get a three-man playoff, which would have been awesome. I, I feel bad for Mito, but obviously I'm personally happy with JT coming through.
2: Brad, where are we with some of these quarterbacks? We're, in, we're sitting here, and it's uh, heading into Memorial Day nearly, and we still don't know where some of the big names are going to be playing this year. Where's Garoppolo? Where's Baker? What is your thinking on how this is going to play out?
0: Yeah, for me, I really don't see the connection between Carolina and Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, their offensive coordinator back in the day in 2018 in that draft class, Ben McAdoo had just been fired by the Giants, and he told the New York Daily News that he had Baker Mayfield as the QB6 in the 2018 draft class. So I just don't think they're going to view him as an upgrade. I could see Jimmy Garoppolo going to Carolina, though. I-, I could see them wanting a stability at the position, probably the team that's willing to go out and make that move. I think that list is pretty short now. And then that leaves Seattle for Baker. And I do think it's possible. Comes from a run-heavy offense. I think he'll be open to going to another very run-heavy offense. And he's just a significant upgrade over Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I know there's been a lot of Baker slander lately, but he is a significant upgrade over those two players.
4: What's going on with the commanders? It sounds like maybe they put the money aside to get that extension done with Terry McLaurin. They obviously spent a lot of money with Wentz. So they're, they're kind of handicapped in terms of what they can do um, in terms of spending. But do you think they're going to get that deal done with McLaurin or what's going to happen there?
0: Yeah, they definitely earmarked a lot of money for internal guys. They have the second lowest amount of money spent on external free agents this off season. So I think you have Durant Tain on the fifth-year option. Maybe they try to work a deal out there. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of movement there. Terry McLaurin at this point, and this is what I always hold against Washington, is they never get deals done early, and they end up paying for it or losing players or franchise-tagging players in the long run. If I'm Terry McLaurin at this point, I'm looking for – Five years, maybe 115 million dollars, 23 million per year, which sounds crazy, but in today's NFL landscape and wide receiver market, that's what you should be asking for. So, from my perspective, I just don't see how they can't get this extension done. Forget on the field, he is, you know, like the most important player in that building. The fans love him to a person. I just think they have to get that deal done. But they obviously drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round this year. They signed Curtis Samuel in free agency last year, so. I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to go back and forth all the way down to week one. But I do think at the end of the day, they will get an extension done, a big money extension done with Terry McCorn.
3: The buzziest team right now at this point of the NFL calendar seems to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you buying into it? Uh, obviously, big moves around the draft. The signing last week of James Bradbury, the trade for A.J. Brown, uh, it looks like they've improved the roster a great deal from last year's team. They won nine games last year. It probably wasn't really a nine-win team. They just kind of overachieved. They look to be a much better roster. Now, what's your thought on the Eagles as we head towards the summer?
0: Yeah, they had one of the best off seasons of any team in the NFL. Um, You know, I I think on both sides of the ball. I love their approach. I I think we've seen a lot of teams that go big money on edge rushers, and they've kind of gone with a, you know, just loaded up with a lot of good players. Obviously, Hassan Riddick gets $15 million per year, but that's not a ton in today's, you know, NFL, the edge rusher position. But you bring back Derek Barnett on a one-year flyer. I think he's a solid player. You just have so many guys You can kind of rotate bodies on defense. I think that's the unit that has to actually take the bigger step this year. Jonathan Gannon kind of had a milquetoast, boring defense last year, kind of bend-don't-break mentality, and I think they're going to be more aggressive, which obviously bringing in Jordan Davis on the interior will enable them to kind of play more too high safety and do different things on the back end. I am buying into their offseason for sure, but you nailed it at the end there. They really did. They were 1-7 against teams with a winning record last year. They kind of, you know, they had the awful division, which I guess maybe hasn't gotten that much better. Um, but obviously Carson Wentz is an upgrade of of Taylor Heineke in Washington. The Giants, I think are are not as bad as maybe some folks believe, but I do. I still think they're a playoff contender, whether they win the NFC East or get another wild card. It all comes down to Jalen Hurts, but they seem to believe in him and buy into him. So if they're believing, I I think we should believe that they seem to know guys that look good in camp. You know, Jordan Mailata last year gets that extension. Now maybe one of the best value deals in the entire NFL. So if they're bought in, I think we have no choice but to be bought in at least to a degree.
2: Berger on uh, BetQL Daily, Brad, uh, salary cap analyst, pro football focus, also contributor at OverTheCap.com. So Brad, which uh, what are some of the big names that you're keeping an eye on? You you could see some cuts that'll make waves uh, in the NFL world.
0: I think one big one, whether it's a cut or a trade, but I think Darius Slayton, the wide receiver for the New York Giants is an interesting name. You know, a good deep threat, a guy that can stretch the field for a team, and they just drafted Wondell Robinson in the second round. Obviously, Kadarius Tony coming back off an injury. Kenny Galladay also comes back off an injury. He, he just might be the odd man out there, and I think he is a guy that could come in to a team and make a serious impact. Could be Chicago, Green Bay, Kansas City. Go on the list. Teams that are looking for... A solid wide receiver, 3-4 kind of guy. A guy that is a true field stretcher, a good downfield threat. He's a name I'm totally keeping an eye on. All
4: right. To Washington again. But this story that I saw over the weekend is so intriguing. And I know people here in the Washington area would probably throw a parade if it happened. Is there any merit to this story that NFL owners are counting votes for Dan Snyder's ouster? I mean... It's almost like a tease reading that for me because I know people here are just waiting for that day.
0: I think, yeah, like you said, Washington fans have probably been waiting for this day for a very long time. <laughs> you know, I, I do think it's it's funny or maybe sad, depending how you look on it. But I do think th- the story about him potentially, you know, the financial improprieties, maybe holding money out of the pool that goes to the rest of the NFL by, you know, underreporting gate revenue and all that stuff. That's the type of thing that owners are not going to stand for. You can obviously get away with a whole lot of things in this league as an owner, but you know, (laughs) getting money out of the other owner's pocket, that's where they draw the line. I think there probably is some merit to it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: I, I saw you had a tweet the other day about dead cap space and, and prorated dollars into the future. It, it feels like teams, Eagles are one, among them saints. Another one um, dead cap used to be a bad thing in the NFL. You talk about dead cap room. Teams like, Oh look, they've ruined their salary cap. It seems like teams are doing it on purpose. Now. Um, what do you think the theory is behind that? And do you think this is now going to be the trend in the NFL where teams just kind of push dollars to the future because the cap, You know in theory will always continue to go up and and that money maybe is is more well spent in the future
0: yeah so that is the viewpoint of those clubs that you basically use the salary cap inflation to eat some of these dollars it's almost like you know a dollar today is going to be cheaper in the future because the cap is expected to obviously jump in 2023 maybe jump again in 2024 at the end of the day though it is owner dependent um you know jeffrey lurie in philadelphia you mentioned the saints with gail benson those teams have cash budgets that are significantly larger than the rest of the NFL. So we're not going to see it across the board. The Raiders are never going to do this. You know, The Chargers, the Bengals, they're not going to do this, which obviously for those last two will get interesting with Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert and their monster deals coming. But I think there are going to be more teams that are willing to push the envelope. I think what we're seeing in this new NFL landscape with the big deals, with the trades and all of that is teams are attacking windows more. If they think they're good, they're going to kind of go all in like the Rams. But most importantly is the other end of the spectrum where if teams are bad, I think like the Seattle Seahawks this offseason kind of came to grips with themselves and said, look, we're not going to contend with Russell Wilson. Let's just get what we can and start fresh. And I think we're seeing on both sides of the aisle, team. yeah, so I, I think it is going to be a trend where if the team thinks they're close, instead of trying to, you know, nail it in the draft and get lucky, they're just going to go make big splash moves and push money down a lot.
2: Brad, a uh, longtime Bears fan. Now y- we finally get Ryan Pace out and the new general manager here in his first offseason without a first round pick. His name is Ryan Poles and it's been mostly negative reaction based on the draft and their off season as a whole. W- where are you at with Poles and what he's done thus far?
0: Yeah, it is funny how quickly folks have amnesia where, you know, the the storyline coming in the draft, oh, they should trade up and get Chris Olave so he can play with his buddy from Ohio State and Justin Fields. Like, you realize the GM just got fired because all he did was trade up, you know, every draft Uh class. But, look, I I think he understands that they are trying to build a multi-year operation. I I get that, you know, maybe you're concerned that Justin Fields has a bad offensive line, does not have good weapons. All those, you know, concerns are valid, but... This team was, was bad and had a bad financial situation. We just talked about pushing money down the line. That's what they did. They now have the second most dead cap in the NFL as a result. And so, I, you know, my thing is I'm preaching patience. I like the approach. I get that it's difficult with a rookie contract quarterback, and maybe you're, you're wasting a year, so to speak. But they were not going to contend in 2022. I think it's the right way to go about it. Probably picked very high in the 2023 draft class. And then try to, you know, spend a ton of money in twenty twenty three. They have the cheapest roster in the NFL this year from a cash perspective, and I think that's the right way to go about it. But I understand it's going to be tough to watch another, you know, down year of Chicago Bears so far.
3: Brad, AFC West is going to be a great time all the time uh, and everyone's waiting to see if can someone dethrone the Chiefs in that division if someone does it who do you like is it the Chargers who always get buzz is it the Broncos bringing in Russell Wilson or the Raiders who a playoff team last year and, the, and Devontae Adams and uh, Josh McDaniels now coaching it there uh, if you had to pick one team to take down the Chiefs and take the AFC West right now who would you pick?
0: Yeah, it's got to be the best division on paper I've seen in a long time. You know, I know this is a popular pick, and, and honestly, every year we all say they're going to be good, and then they miss the playoffs, but I think this is the year the Chargers finally put everything together. I think on top of the big splash moves, obviously, trading for Khalil Mack, signing J.C. Jackson, those are all great. But the issue with the Chargers the last couple of years was they've had a couple key injuries, and they had no depth. And that is just not the case anymore now. They bring in Morgan Fox and Sebastian Joseph Day. They used to get killed running up the middle. That's not going to happen this year. They are going to be much more stout up front. On the offensive side of the ball, I love the draft pick of Zion Johnson, my favorite interior offensive lineman in the NFL. They can probably kick Matt Filer back out to right tackle where he's had success. So I think it just, it's a good roster at every spot. They have use. They have depth. I think Josh Palmer, their number three wide receiver, will take a big step this year. He was great the last six weeks of the season. I'm taking the Chargers to finally get it all together and make the playoffs, maybe even win one or two games.
4: Are there any other division winners that you're looking at that maybe a team's not expecting to do very well um, that could have some value in the futures market?
0: Yeah, I think two that that represent a ton of value to me is is one is the New Orleans Saints. They're currently plus 350 on DraftKings. And really, you're just betting on Tom Brady, you know, frankly, getting injured or or maybe, you know, finally his arm falls off if that's the thing that can happen to Tom Brady. But, you know, the Panthers and Falcons, I think, are two of the worst teams in the NFL, especially if they don't make a move for quarterbacks for the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons, I think, have the worst roster in the NFL by a comfortable margin. So, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, plus 350, and you're kind of just hoping something happens to Tom Brady. uh, And then I think it's a great value. The second one, not a team that people are sleeping on, but for me, the Baltimore Ravens being third in the division odds behind the Browns and the Bengals represents great value. They're plus 210 on draft teams right now. They were just decimated by injuries last year. They had a phenomenal draft, as they always seem to do. But adding Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, the best players at their respective positions in this draft class, guys that I think make an immediate impact from day one, and just all these guys coming back healthy. I, I think the Bengals, look, I know Bengals fans now think they're getting disrespected, but they could fall off. We see that the Super Bowl loser rarely makes the playoffs again, and we know all those trends. And then The Browns are a very, very loaded team, but hypothetically Deshaun Watson gets suspended, let's say, four to six games, and I think it just opens the door for the Ravens to just get right back to being the Baltimore Ravens.
3: Brad, the the Patriots seem to be a team that people don't know what to do with. Playoff team last year, they did not have a buzzy offseason. A lot of people think they took a step back. Obviously, the Bills in that division are excellent. What's your thought on the Patriots as we head towards the summer? Still on the Ascension with Mac Jones heading into year two, or maybe a step back here uh, in the second year with Mac Jones?
0: Yeah, I think folks, you got to be careful to doubt. The New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, like you said, they did not spend a ton of money, but – they also set the record for the most total guaranteed money ever given out in the free agency last offseason. And they're again, kind of like Philly, they've just gone with, you know, throwing a ton of bodies at each position. I didn't love the trade for Devontae Parker from a value perspective, but I do think he brings a downfield jump ball element that they were missing last year, kind of knocks the rest of the wide receiver room down a peg. So, so, you know, you, you had Nelson Aguilar with not as big of a role, was not great last year. I think those tight ends they signed last year and Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Both will play better next year, and I think this defense, you know, the Buffalo Bills had a perfect game against them in the playoffs. I don't think that happens again. I like how they've addressed their front seven. Probably could stand to improve the cornerback room, but I do. I'm buying in. I'm always buying in on Bill Belichick. I think they're a wild card team again.
3: Yeah, we appreciate you hopping on. As always, we'll be checking out the work at Pro Football Focus. That was Brad Spielberger on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort of privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first one. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. There you go. We heard a receiver the Bears could go get. Darius Slayton. Uh, That'll
2: change that. I mean, (laughs) then you consider over the win total. Then we think about that. Yeah, that's the
3: one. Yeah, sure. I mean, I actually don't think it would be a bad idea for them. but yeah, yeah. It's fine.
2: Whatever. I mean, you're but you're trying to lose. So do you want to get it better at that position? A little bit better? Uh, what not. a
3: terrible thing to say before football season. You're trying to lose. You're probably right, though. It's just that is, a ru- that is a rough franchise right now. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks for QL Daily. On the other side, we'll go off the board right here on the QL Network.